And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's totally terrific, totally transforming, and totally triumphant. Tuesday, as we find unity from the Father, through the Son, and by the Holy Spirit, all for the glory of God Almighty. First, how long has the gospel been around? We've talked about this a few times. Revelation chapter 4, verse 6 states, Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth. So every nation and tribe and language and people. So the gospel has a deep History. Listen to this. How deep? In Revelation chapter 13, verse 8, it makes it clear. From the foundation of the world in the book of life belonging to the Lamb who was slain. Did you hear that? From the foundation of the world. How old is the gospel? It's eternal. And God shared it clearly with Abraham. People are like, no, no, that's not until Revelation chapter 14, chapter 15. He shared it with Abraham which is for us to see. And Second Timothy states, according to his own purposes and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus, wait, wait, before the world began. Well, there's a lot of timing in that, huh? Next, we examine Psalm 86, which is a prayer from David. He petitions the Lord, teach me, and then I can walk in your truth. We must be forever, get this, white belts in karate always learning and never reaching the fake plateau of us acting like we know enough. Philippians 1.9, this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. We never reach the point where we know enough unless you think you know as much as Jesus. And finally, where do the winds come from? We should all know that the verse 2 Corinthians 2.14, uh, what that verse is. Thanks be unto God who always leads us to victory. God also helps us spread the knowledge about Jesus Christ everywhere, and this knowledge is like the smell of a perfume. That and many other scriptures declare that for us authentic Christian believers, listen, Jesus Christ is the source of our victories. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. You like how I said that? It was all wrong, but it was kind of funny. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities and oive. So much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show. Yes, we're live right now, right this second, at this moment. We're live, live, right now. You can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us, 214-210-8483. 
That's 214-210-8483. You can even ask us questions like, are you live right now? And we will tell you, yes, we are. You can also call us at 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you make that call, you will be talking to Mighty Gabriel. Let me tell you what that's like. That's like fresh bread brought to your table with honey butter. I'm pretty hungry now. And then you will fly. I, I just like that. I just I just think that's cool. Oh, not the sound of it. Uh, fresh bread with honey butter. I like that. That's what I like. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, all right. So anyhow, uh, that was a joke, folks. Anyhow, bottom line is if you've got a praise report or a prayer request, we want you to be able to reach out to us. We will be glad to help out. We do have somebody calling in, so we're going to make sure to take that call. Here's the bottom line. The bottom line is we know that the return of Jesus Christ is getting closer and closer. That's not even a it's not a complex issue. Just take a look around. You could easily say, well, it's closer today than it was yesterday. Beyond that, it's getting more devastating out. And it doesn't take a brilliant theologian to look around and go, this is getting to be kind of dicey. So what we want people to do is we want people to encourage one another, strengthen one another. If the Lord sees fit and then you hear, and then we're all gone, praise the Lord, right? That's awesome. Until that happens, let's keep moving forward in the kingdom of God. That's our responsibility, and that's what we do. So if you've got a praise report or a prayer request or a question, like I said, about a kanish or something else or theology, we might be able to answer it. If we can't answer it, I'll do the research and get you get an answer within a day or two. I, I don't know everything. Uh, and if you really want to know how true that is, ask my wife. She tells me on a regular basis, I don't know everything. And I trust her. So there you go. All right. We do have somebody calling in. We uh, I'm not sure what the call is, but we'll just take it and see what happens. Go ahead and send him on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Annika. How are you doing, David? I'm doing fantastic. Annika, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm trying to get out the door here. But I had a comment about yesterday's call from Joanne. Okay. Um. She had said something to the effect that her uh, estranged husband is kind of involved in the occult and UFOs, aliens. Um, I didn't get a chance to re-listen for the exact words, um, but I wanted to suggest to her that um, Jesus is an extraterrestrial, according to his own words. Um, some of his statements and... Um, for instance, some of his statements are, um, oh, let's go into Mark. Um, no, wait, I'm sorry, go into John. John eight twenty three. he says, you are from this world, I'm not from this world. And then John eight fourteen. I know where I come from and where I'm going. And John eight forty two. I'm here and I came from God. I didn't come on my own. Instead, God sent me. And then John nine twenty eight and 29, the Jews yelled, and then it's, I kind of skip, we don't know where this man, meaning Jesus, came from. 
And then the blind man that had had his sight restored said in verse 30, that's amazing. You don't know where he's from, yet he gave me sight. So I was going to suggest um, Joanne would know better than anyone and to go in prayer and see what the Spirit leads, but perhaps to challenge her husband to get into the Bible and study what Jesus said about himself and his origin origins and to where he's returning. Um, you know, you can think of it with someone that like that, maybe kind of a religion approach is not reaching them, but if he's kind of creative and he's He's desiring something bigger than himself for meaning to his existence. Um, and all extraterrestrial means is extra means more or beyond, and terrestrial means of this earth or its inhabitants. So the clues are kind of throughout the Bible. I mean, he's, he's more than what we are um, in his nature, obviously, being God. But all of his miracles, he was way beyond the human um, ability, such as restoring perfect health to a man, lame from birth, raising the dead, multiplying loaves and fishes, casting out demons. He walked on water. The wind and the sea obeyed him, and demons repeatedly recognized him. So these are abilities beyond the humankind, and so... At best, we as people, we're looking for superheroes and inferior fables and stories to inspire and amuse us. But all along, we've got this supernatural, super reality in Christ that is the story. So, you know, kind of people need to be met where they're at. So maybe for her husband, uh, if she were to challenge him to look for that supernatural element in the Bible and search it out, that might be a way for her to interest her husband to get to know Christ. What an, what an excellent job. First of all, let me let me give you a couple of commendations. You know, you're not going to get a bracelet for it or something, but you'll appreciate this. You did a great job sharing the concern of somebody else. That That's the burden that we're supposed to bear with one another. And you had great scriptures, a great approach, great insights. You know what I'm saying? Those are really good. I, I rarely talk about the transfiguration being kind of what I think it is, but I'm still trying to figure out how Jesus turned into pure white light, and not everybody in the world go, how is that not energy? <laughs> just don't well, know. yeah, and I that just was don't like get it, you Mark know? <laughs> 2, that's one of the locations, Mark 2, Jesus' appearance changed in front of them. Right. With, you know, Moses and Elijah present. And the thing is, is God is referred to as light, and light travels through things. If you think like a pane of glass in a window or a door, um, unlike us, we got to go around that door um, to get around and to the other side of that glass. Um, so if maybe, you know, and he may be a creative type, so in his search for a meaning to his existence in something bigger than himself, himself or his world, um, you just, maybe that's how he needs to approach it. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's. I mean, that that is a very. It's an exceedingly great and valid point. In fact, it's how I I kind of got in through comic books and the whole supernatural element. So I mean, I am a strong. Yeah. I'm a strong believer for that. <laughs> so yeah, to me, yeah. it's like it's like you got angels and demons, and you got God. All right, so no matter what, God is 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 not a human. That's extraterrestrial. Angels are extraterrestrial. Demons are extraterrestrial. There's no question. It was just like yeah. you can't can't get away from that. I just love how you mixed it all together. It was a very very nice job, and and uh, Joy is expressing her appreciation via text to let you know she appreciates that. Just good. So I'm notice. glad she got to hear, it, and I hope it's a help. Yeah, there you go. Excellent job. Okay, thanks so much. You are welcome. Okay. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. A uh, couple of things, and that's that's what's so wonderful about that that I want you guys to understand is you know it's like well Jesus has to be proclaimed this way it has to be listen Jesus is by far superior and he did say I am not from here so it's like there's nothing wrong with it's great and if he can reach into the gospel that way you want the great thing about Jesus is once he gets a hold of somebody's heart. Then he reveals himself in deeper levels. Even in your own life, you know, you start off in one place, and then you grow in the Lord, and it gets deeper, and it gets deeper, and he shows you other things, and you're like going, wow. I mean, come on. Do you think that answered prayer is just throwing dice or a super power that is beyond your capacity? You see what I'm saying? Okay. I'm just just kind of throwing that at you. All right. Uh, That was fun. I love it when you guys call up and encourage one another and strengthen one another. Uh, We're going to take our break, and then we'll come back. We have tons of time, but the time for this show is the time for one another, and that's how we do it. Uh, We'll take our break, and then we'll come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon experience? So you know what David did? He asked God again. And how did God answer? He answered him. God didn't go, you asked me twice. (laughs) Strike you with lightning. Strike you with lightning. It's like, that's not how this works. So the scripture says in 1 Samuel 23, 4, go check out your Bible. Once again, David inquired of the Lord and the Lord answered him. It's like, go, 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 go do your thing. Go, 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 go. It's okay to inquire more than once, even if there's an answer that you've got, because sometimes we look for reassurance and clarity and for comfort and from eliminating hearing mistakes. We're not trying to irritate God. We're not trying to fight against his will. We're not trying to be uh, disobedient. The Lord knows that. See, I think what happens is we'll do something. It'll be sincere action. Then somebody else may hear about it or you mention somebody and the way they interpret it is different than the way God interprets it. When I come before the Lord and he says, go do this, and I come before the Lord again and do one of those, are you sure? (laughs) You know, kind of thing. That's not me trying to be bad. And this is the same kind of thing that happens when you get into the 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 people that that uh, you know one group in Christianity is like you know you can't you, you can't ask for signs and ask for signs at all because it shows that you either have no faith or you don't believe Jesus is Messiah. Well, first of all, that's not true because God gave signs all the way from Genesis to Revelation, so that's just silly. The other part of that is people asking for signs like Gideon. 
We're just like going, okay, I'm just trying not to mess this up, right? What Jesus rebuked was the people asking for a sign to prove he was the Messiah. That's substantially different than asking God, uh, I, I just need to know I'm not doing this dumb, right? I mean, and that's why what we do is we kind of pour into these rules and these reasonings, and it's like, you know what? Don't do that. Come before the Lord, be yourself. You know, you don't have to <laughs> you don't have to posture before God. He already knows. <laughs> it's like it's like, you know, I just want you to know I'm not going to look up right now. Now, if you really feel that way, that's fair. But don't do that because you're trying to impress God because he knows you're trying to impress him, so then don't do that. Just tell him what's going on, share your heart, share your feelings. One of the things that I see about prayer, and this is a true statement. Some people say, well, people pray to get things changed. Uh, it's maybe better to say that we pray so that God changes us. That might be more accurate. So that we get into a surrender or a, a yielded position. It's not that you can't have faith, not that you can't pray, but I'm, what I'm talking about is coming and yielding and going, Just I'm just trying to get the clarity. I want to know what I'm doing is what you want to do. I think it's a, a very important element for people who are seeking wisdom just to be as earnest and honest as possible. If the Lord grants you a sign, the bigger problem about that is most of the time, like for Israel, they didn't believe it anyway. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Getting ready for next trivia question. Uh, let me check in with Gabriel. You doing okay, buddy? Feeling good? Yeah, doing a great job. Thank you. Appreciate that. Amazing Jennifer is just checking the whole thing out, just chilling back, getting a suntan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. It's just right there. Uh, who said – this is my next one? This is my next one. Uh, who said to Peter and John, go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover? Well, you guys ought to get that. Okay, I'm just saying. Who said to Peter and John, go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover? Al striking first, by the way, just to let you know. If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Sometimes I think God made me just to do what I'm doing right now. Okay, I got a little bit of a jokey thing here. This is the remember we were doing the little football thingies where they were using we were using football sayings that are like connected to church sayings. I found them to be rather cute and humorous, and uh, I'm going to do a few more because I did find a few more. I just think they're funny. If you don't think they're funny, I forgive you. Oh, that's a joke. I'm not being serious about that. But uh, these are pretty amusing uh, little statements. Ready? So this, so it's a football saying and then what it means related to the church. Okay? All right. Extra point. So you guys know what that is in football, right? But in church, that's when, uh, when you uh, tell the preacher— that his sermon was too short. <laughs> That's an extra point. First quarter, what most people put in the Sunday school offering so it looks like they're giving. The first quarter. Fourth quarter, the amount that makes up the dollar most people put into Sunday school offerings when under peer pressure to give more. <laughs> so funny. The, a Hail Mary, desperate move made by the ushers in a last-ditch last attempt to get people to put something in the plate. 
You know, that's when they hold the plate and they jiggle it a little, like right in front of you. Halftime, the period between Sunday school and worship, when some people actually make a choice to leave. Uh, holding, passing on an offering plate without putting in a cent. That's a holding penalty. Illegal contact, what's, what gets some church leaders in trouble in and out of ministry. Illegal motion, leaving before the benediction. Interference talking during the organ prelude, and then offsides when an orchestra member accidentally walks into the choir room. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they didn't make any sense, but they're cute. All right? All right. And right now, Gabriel didn't buzz us, which is a good thing, so we'll just leave that there. And you don't have to buzz us if you don't want to. I'm just telling you. You don't have to give us claps. You don't do anything. The buzzes are a bummer. <laughs> just say that to you real quickly. All right, here's the uh, trivia question again. Uh, who said to Peter and John, go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover? If you think you know, 972-445-0770. You can also uh, text in 214-210-843, or you can send an email, david, at hemustincrease.org. We do have somebody calling in for the trivia. We'll go ahead and send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Um, hi, David. It's Deborah. Hi, Deborah. How are you? I'm doing good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I've been working out for the last couple of days, so I'm starting to feel like I'm getting back on track, although uh, I, I must confess, talking about bread, fresh bread and honey butter did not help me mm. today. I know. That just really sounds <laughs> like, whoops, I shouldn't have done that. I know. I know. It's so good. It's like, oh, it has to be good for me, right? All right. Anyway, who, who said to Peter and John, go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover? Um, I'm just guessing. Um, is it Jesus? That is correct, Amanda. Another excellent guess by the best guesser we have in all trivia. <laughs> Great job. Very, very good. Excellent. Hey, David, I wanted to make a comment. Do you know the scripture that talks about um, they're in a vehicle and it goes around and it when they turn left, everybody goes left, and when it goes right, everybody goes right, and it sounds like it's a disc. I and did... supposedly the Ark of the Covenant was brought in it. I don't you know. know what scripture no. that is in the Old Testament? I think you're talking about Nam, but I don't think that's the right the right location. What does it say? It says something about the... the, the... It's talking about a vehicle. When, and he's describing it, that he's looking at it, and when it turns, everybody turns with it, and when it turns the other way, everybody follows that. That but, would but be his, inside of it. That's Ezekiel. Okay, yeah, there you go. Yep. I just wanted to add that to what Annika said, that that could be one that they could go to also. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, what kind of vehicle, what kind of situation is that? That's always why I, when I read Ezekiel, I think, what was that guy on? He was that some weird stuff. Some weird stuff. I don't care. It's like weird. No matter what anybody says. Yeah, that's excellent point. Very good add-on. Great no job. On and, that. and I wanted to say that you know that was really great of her to call her and say that. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Thank you. That was an excellent blessing. Good job. Okay. Well, thank you, and y'all have a great day. All right. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. Great job. Great job. Great job. All right. I got to do some teaching. 
I am required to do teaching, people. It is a requirement. Okay, here we go. I can't just do this. Romans chapter 4, verse 3. For the scripture tells us, Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. That's Romans chapter 4, verse 3. I want you to catch this, okay? Watch. It's Romans chapter 4, verse 3. For the scripture tells us, Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. Okay? Now, understand this. A couple things to know. There was no law yet. What does that mean? That means there was no law. We're not at Exodus. We're t- this is a reference to Genesis. This is the reference to Abraham believing God. There was no law. The people go, well, there was a natural law, but there wasn't the law of Moses. There was just the law of touch this and you'll die kind of thing, or eat this fruit and you'll die. There was no normal law. And so God, before the law, tells Abraham, hey, I'm going to do this, and the scripture says that Abraham believed God, and God said, that makes you righteous. That is the principle to the plan of salvation. What is it that saves you? Is it your good works? No, it's your faith in the redeeming work of Jesus Christ. It's your faith that activates the grace. You see, there's this thing, grace, okay? And faith is the activator, and it activates that faith for all of those things that come from grace. And that was the plan of salvation told to Abraham in Acts, or in, in, not in Acts, but in Genesis 12. How long has the gospel been around? I don't know how long mankind been around. There's a reference to the gospel in Genesis 3. It's a plan that teaches us that God counts us righteous when we operate in his required method. What's his required method? Faith in him. You get to be counted as righteous. That enables us to fellowship with God. Well, why is that important? Because we lost that fellowship because of sin. This plan is perfected for us through the redeeming work of Jesus Christ, and it makes a ton of sense once you see all the stuff that Jesus went through, but God is foretelling us the gospel ahead of time. Salvation given by grace, received by faith, and seized because of and through Jesus' sacrifice, and it brings us peace with God. Everything God does is for our benefit. We operate in faith. We have this amazing thing that takes place. We activate grace. Hey, guess when that was taught? Hey, back in Genesis 12. Hey, guess what? We're children of Abraham. Hey, we're saved. Because through faith, we activated grace and the redeeming work of Jesus Christ. Now, don't tell me that's not cool. That's cool. You'll never earn it, but you you do have to receive it. That's that's a for sure. Okay? All right. All right, we'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Hello, 
Captain Chris here from the David Spoon Experience. I help coordinate the radio show, and we're looking for a few good people to join our crew and become representatives, ambassadors, and stewards of the radio ministry. Now, you may be thinking, well, gee, I'd love to get involved, but I'm not very qualified for ministerial positions. Me too! The truth is that because you are a child of our Heavenly Father, that you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you seek to live by the power of the Holy Spirit, you already have all that you need to have to be part of this ministry. Uh, but Chris, don't I need to be perfect? <laughs> no! Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website, and then click on the Ambassador's Initiative link. Fill out the form, and we will reach out to you. Sorry, no parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position, though you may appeal to a higher power. What is the David Spoon experience? John 7, 24, stop judging by mere appearance and make a right judgment. That's all. That's all good. For 1 Corinthians 6, 2, do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if you are to judge the world, are you not competent to judge trivial cases? You can't say Christians can't judge. They're commanded to. Here it is right here. Ready? Here's the bowling ball knocking down the pins. Every day as Christians, we have to judge what is appropriate, proper, healthy, and useful. Also, what people, what people we believe we should hang out with, trust, believe in, or let influence, we have to judge that on a regular basis. When you choose your church, you're using your judgment abilities. Bazinga. 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 I love that. Because listen, when you're choosing your church, you have to decide to pick one over another. Oh, here's the key. <laughs> you're going to hate me. Ready? Here it is. If we have no ability to judge, we can't vote. It's incredible, and it's never been done before. And you can be the first person in your neighborhood to win. What is it? It's a contest. How do I play? It's simple. And there's three ways to win. You can go to Facebook, type in David Spoon Media. And on any Facebook post, type in the word Jesus in the comment section. And it's free. You can also send an email to davidspoonmedia at gmail.com and write the word Jesus in the subject line. Or you can go to YouTube and give a comment on any video. But you have to use the word Jesus. This is your chance to win, and it's free. What do I win? You can win 100 thank yous right on air. It's incredible. It's unbelievable. But it's only for a limited time. Enter now. Here's a taste. Thank you for listening to the David Spoon Experience. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Getting ready for your next trivia question. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Who said? Okay, you got another who said. Actually, these other two are both who said. Who said to God? Uh Uh-oh. Somebody said this to God. Who said to God? Stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones, and he will surely curse you to his face. Ooh. 
strike out your hand, stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones, and he will surely curse you to his face. Who said that? Boy, that is not nice. Eric striking first. Uh, tied with Joanne and Cordelia. Pretty close there. Uh, 972-445-0770. That is the number to call. 214-210-8483. That would be the number to text. Then David at he must increase dot org. That would be the email. So we're gonna what we're gonna do is send you to the website in just a split second. I want you to be aware of something on the website. There is praise report opportunity. If you never if you don't want to do it in the show but you want to share something, you can do it through the website. There is prayer request opportunity on the website. And then I'm not gonna hesitate to tell you that there is money giving opportunity on the website, and we happen to think that's pretty terrific. Please check out he must increase dot Org. Prayer request? Hemosincrease.org. Praise report? Hemosincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemosincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemostincrease.org. Hemostincrease.org. That's obviously somebody spreading peanut butter on a piece of bread. Okay. I'm just going with all those. All right. All right. Back to the trivia question. Like that one, did you? That was a good one. Uh, who said to God, stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones, and he will surely curse you to his face? Uh, if you think you know the answer on that, 972-445-0770 is the call number. Uh, we're getting a lot of texts, so try and text in soon, 214-210-8483. Or send an email, david at hemusincrease.org. This is this point that we will do our history because it keeps us aware of what's up and coming not really it's just a fun little segment here's our history here we go let's go all right here we go all right now i'm gonna say uh and and we're not putting this on uh gabriel yet his he's, he gets more and more comfortable we'll have him comment he'll do it when he's ready not not yet but I, I will tell you, today is National Ice Cream Sandwich Day, and I say yes. I say I like ice cream sandwiches; they're good, right? I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan. Uh, it is also National Coloring Book Day. You know, I didn't draw outside the lines to be rebellious. <laughs> I drew outside the lines because I couldn't color. Okay, I just I'm just gonna say that. Get that out of there. Uh, today is Dinosaurs Day. Uh, that's as old as when I fell off my dinosaur. See, that's a joke there. Uh, in 1870, the first the world's first underground tube railroad opened in London. Uh, also, 1909. Oh, this is the VDB. 1909, Lincoln Head Penny. The penny depicting former United States uh, President Abraham Lincoln is first issued. This was the first U.S. coin to depict an actual person. The initial demand for the penny by the public was so high that they were being resold for up to 25 cents each. Complaints about the coin were that it included the designer's initial on the back VDB for Victor David Brenner, which was later removed. Uh, and it was too thick and wouldn't work in the current vending machines. Anyway, that uh, VDB uh, penny right now, it's worth a fortune, just to let you know. 
And then uh, I thought this was of interest, not the most interesting, but 1790, the first U.S. census was conducted. And in 1909, in this day, the first airplane purchased by the United States government, the uh, Aeronautical Division of the United States Army uh, Signal Corps, took delivery of a right, the Wright brothers, right military flyer purchased at the cost, cost of $30,000. You'll never use that information, but you know you feel smarter just for hearing it. So just be honest. Okay, here is the trivia question again. Uh, what was our trivia question? Oh, yeah. Who said to God, stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones, and he will surely curse you to his face? Uh, if you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. Also, uh, 214-210-8483. And then uh, David at he must increase.org. In the meantime, I have to get into the text, and this is a – I love these texts. These are some great – this is some great stuff, okay? Anytime you're teaching from Psalms, it's fun. David was such so uh, – it's such a gift of communicating his feelings into writings. Uh, I mean, it's just amazing. All right, Psalm 80, 86, verse 11 and 12. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I will give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and will glorify your name forever. So I chose this portion, not because you guys are unfamiliar with it. You guys are very familiar with it. But I chose this portion because there are a couple of components in here that speak to me personally. And one of the things is you you get some teaching and encouragement from the show, probably get more encouragement than teaching in the general sense. And you probably get some outstanding teaching uh, from uh, certain people like the pastor of your church or different ministries. There's some phenomenal teaching ministries, and I just love that. They're just wonderful. But the best teacher ever is God, and God loves to teach his kids. If parents think that they've kind of scooped up the big, uh, the big prize because they communicate something to their children, their children get it, they use it, and it helps them, that is simply a mirror image of God being the teacher. And when he communicates one of his truths to his kids, and one of his kids, like me and you, get it. And we use it, and we draw in through it, and we draw closer to him because of it, and we have a better existence through it. He just smiles just like a parent. The image that people have of God, unfortunately, you know, it's it's kind of like they're usually they're at the extremes where you know God is either this old man in a rocking chair who doesn't really care well kids will be kids or God is a, a taskmaster who stands up there with a shotgun waiting for you to make a mistake so he can shoot you in the leg and tell you how bad you are it's like that's just so ridiculous it's just terrible God loves to teach his kids. Teach me your way, O oh Lord. I'm going to walk in your truth. Teach me. And the association with God's way is the right way or is the truth is automatic. And then he says this, and this is the part that I have to come before the Lord, and I recognize immediately I'm not, I'm not here at this place. But I thank God that he put this in his scriptures because it tells me David wasn't in the place either. 
He says, unite my heart to fear your name. Like, what? What do you mean, unite my heart to fear your name? That's because in our lives, uh, the heart has a lot of different components in it. And the heart has this whole section. And people are like, was that the actual pumping heart? Is that the spirit? Is that the soul? You care? Is it that important really for you to know? Here's what you need to know. In your heart, there's a part of you that loves the Lord. And in your heart, there's a part of you that loves sin. And the part that loves sin doesn't fear God. Okay. So, and what David's praying is, you know, I need to have unity in my own heart because I am, like, divided. And if you remember from the teachings of Jesus, a house divided cannot stand. So if there's division in yourself, it's hard to stand confident. So David, it's just amazing how he says it with the the simplicity. My heart's divided. It runs after too many different things. Please unite my heart. (laughs) It's like, help me out. Now, everyone who can hear my voice knows for a fact that there are things in their lives that they need eradicate or remove from their heart. That's exactly what David's praying. Just please help me. I'm just, I got too much of the wrong stuff in that part of me that's kind of bad. And then he tells him, he says, if you'll help me, if you'll teach me and unite my heart, I'll give you thanks. I'll give you thanks with all of my heart instead of part of it, every ounce of me. I'll glorify your name forever. Did you know that that's why you were created, to glorify God? You were created to bring glory to God. That fellowship that you have with God brings glory to God. And Isaiah makes it very clear that the purpose of our creation was to glorify, is to glorify the Lord. And so David's like, you know what? I'll give you praise for these things with my full and united heart. You know, I'll bring glory to your name. Lord, you're my breath. Lord, you you, you don't just give me breath. You are my breath. Those little verses mean so much, don't they? When you read it next time, read it four or five times, and then read it one word at a time. It will blow your mind. Okay? All right. Take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here. Oh, I did forget to give the answer on the trivia, huh? The answer was Satan. Satan. Satan was the answer. Anyway, uh, we're going to take a break right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Like any person searching for answers, I too have wondered about him. He has a weird sense of humor. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. Those big ears really don't help. Will people enjoy his perspective on culture, politics, food, sports, and local and national news? I don't know. He's just a client. Tune in to the David Spoon Experience on KAAM. What is the David Spoon Experience? When Joshua was trying to figure out, you know, the Lord and his decision for the Lord, and he, he was doing pretty good and had good training, uh, uh, he made a decision to, to follow the Lord. Then he made a decision that he wanted to really commit to devotions. 
I told him I was proud of him for that. That's his own decision. He has to make that call. Nobody can choose that. You know, I was listening to something the other day, and this is one of the most bizarre statements. You're never going to hear a more bizarre statement. I hope this gets on the radio. You know, you can be born and raised Jewish. You can be born and raised Italian. You can be born and raised in many different things, but you can't be born a Christian. Can't do it. Because you have to make a decision for Jesus Christ. There's no being born a Christian. That doesn't work. That's a lie. You have to make a choice, an individual choice. Your 15 generations of your family could be Christians. When you're born, that does not make you a Christian. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's when you become a Christian. You understand that difference? There's just something that dawned on me, like, you know, people don't talk that way. Well, he was born in a Christian family. That doesn't mean he's a Christian. Plenty of murderers came out of Christian families. That doesn't mean a thing. That's nothing. But anyway, going back to it, I had to share that because that's that thought that just really struck me as odd. But the power of our words is, is, is so noticeable. And Jesus says, hey, you know, I got one for you. By your words, you're going to be justified. By your words, you're going to be condemned. So my question to pose is why? That's so forceful and brutal. And the answer is in Matthew chapter 15. Matthew, you guys like that one, huh? I like that. I can tell people, oh, I like that. Matthew chapter 15, here's the reason, verse 18, Matthew 15, 18 says this. But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. And the reason that Jesus said, by your words you will be justified and by your words you'll be condemned is because your words reveal what's in your heart. And you will know, you can listen to other people and know by their speech. And I'm not even talking about coarse language. I'm not talking about swearing. I'm not even talking about any of that. I'm not even necessarily talking about negative speech. I'm talking about you will know a person's heart by what they say. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. We're getting ready to offer up our last trivia question. Here you go. Ready? Ready? Uh, in the early days when Jesus was a young little lad, his dad, Joseph, he was instructed... Get up and take this child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Who said that to him? There you go. That's just, you know, pretty straightforward. Who said to Joseph? Who instructed Joseph? Get up, take this child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Okay? All right. Uh, if you think you know, well, I got tea on my piece of paper. That's not good. Uh, if you think you know, you can call 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Actually, we've been getting more and more emails lately, so that's very good. If you want to send an email, you can do that. Uh, I do want to reemphasize that the answer to the previous trivia question about who said that, you know, who said, stretch out your hand and strike his flesh, you know, curse you. That, the answer was Satan. Satan uh, tried to 
uh, you know, tried to win one over on Job, which remember, we're going to be going into Job a week for what's today? Is today Tuesday? Today's Tuesday. All day? I think it's all day. So a week from this coming Monday or two weeks from yesterday, we're going to be starting Job. So everybody got that material uh, put together. There's a lot of material. Uh, that should be quite a bit of fun. So I think you'll enjoy that. But in the meantime, let's make sure we get this trivia question straight. Who instructed Joseph get up and take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt? Uh, who was that who shared that or told that to Joseph? 972-445-0770. Also, you can text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. And people are like, why do you always repeat the number? Because there's new people that listen to the show every day. And I get the emails that, that say that, okay? And uh, typically they say, could you say, I give this to Annika and Neil, could you say the number slower? <laughs> yeah, I do my best. All right. Tomorrow. Now listen to what I'm saying. So we did two weeks in a row on Christian chaos, okay? So I'm going to take a break tomorrow and teach what I consider to be the single best sermon I have ever taught in my entire life. How about that? I won't teach it the best. I'm just saying it's the best material. Okay? It's just the best that there is. That I, that's my opinion, because I, I don't know anything any more than anybody else, uh, but I'm just telling you. And then the following week will be another barn burner, and then the, the following week after that, we will go back to Christian chaos. That way we can do it. Uh, and I can do it in breaks. And I'm telling you right now that the next Christian chaos is very brutal for me to talk about. Uh, I'll just give you this hint. It, it has to do with uh, that Pastor Ken guy breaching my personal counseling confidence with him. So it's not easy to talk about. So we'll we'll get to that at that point. Okay? All right. In the meantime, let's go to the text that I wanted to teach for today. Uh, and then we need ministry prayer. Oh, you know what I did want to do? I did want to pray for the audience. Can I? Let me do that real quickly, and then we'll go to the teaching. So let me do this prayer for the audience real fast. Father, we come before you right now. I just want to thank you and praise you for everybody. They are so good uh, to one another, and they're just such a blessing. True Christian fellowship exists through this show. I don't know how you do it, but you do an amazing job. And we know that there are some people, and they are having a very tough time in relationships. And we're not just talking about marriages, although that's included. But some people are having a hard time in relationships for children or with uh, friends or with business associates, people that they engage with. Uh, school friends, whatever the case may be. We're just asking that you would bring peace to our people and that the people would operate in your wisdom uh, and that our ways would please you. Because your word says when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. And we're praying that our ways would please you. Certainly let us operate in a better sense of faith and that there can be peace around us in some of these relationships. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay, there's a couple of people that's specifically for. I think you'll uh, just keep following that pathway. All right, so this is, oh, we got somebody that's uh, on the phone. See, see, I close my eyes. See, close my eyes, then somebody calls in. See, this is kind of how it works. So I never know what's going to happen. And then, uh, uh, so we do have somebody, I think they're going to, are they going to answer the trivia question? All right, send them on through. <laughs> Knock, knock, this is David. Who am I talking to? 
This is Gary. Hi, Gary. How are you? All right. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm 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 I'm, I'm trying to get back into working out a little, and I keep sabotaging myself. <laughs> I don't know. It's not the brightest move, but I keep doing it. So just keep praying for me. I just need that help just to keep it going. Okay, um, I'll keep praying for you. I appreciate that, brother. Here we go. Who instructed Joseph, get up, take the child and his mother, and escape to Egypt? The angel of the Lord. That is correct, sir! You are right! And Gary, if it's okay with you, I'd like to just pray for you for health, if that's all right. Do you mind? Uh, I appreciate it. All right, let's do it. Father, we come before you right now with our precious brother, Gary. Just ask you in the name of Jesus that you would give him refreshment, refinement, strength, and energy. Energy that comes from your Holy Spirit. Just fill him up, Lord, with the energy that comes from you as you are able to. And we ask you to do so in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Amen. Thank you very much, and I'll continue to pray for all of you. Thank you, brother. God bless you. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, okay. I guess we did that. Good job on that. Good job on that. We're done on that, right? So he's done on the call, right? Got it? Good, good. Uh, where, what, what's the expression I'm looking for? Where the wind comes from. Not the wind, where the wind comes from. So this has got a bunch of names in it, so I'll mess this up, but just smile anyway. First Chronicles 5, 18 through 20. The sons of Reuben and Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh had 44,760 warriors who could serve in the army, men who carried shield and sword, drew the bow, and were trained for war. They waged war against the Hagrites, the Jitor, the Nafish, and the Nodab. No, for real, those are all names. They received help against these enemies, and the Hagrites and all their allies allies were handed over to them because, ready? Because they cried out to God in battle. He granted their request because they trusted in him. First Chronicles 5, 18 through 20. They were in warfare. Ever been in warfare? Hello? And they were, and it was a real war. And they needed help. You ever been in that situation where you're in warfare and you need help? Right. And what did they do? They cried out to God in battle. Now, I know that everything is supposed to be a faith proclamation scenario, but Scripture doesn't follow it quite that way. <laughs> so I'm just saying. In other words, not every statement and everything that happens is perfectly, you know, we will now prevail and everything is perfect. Sometimes it was like, help, a little Jerry Lewis-like or something. They cried out to God for help, and he granted their request. See, calling out to God, crying out to God, it's a request. It's a petition. It's an ask. And God granted their request because they trusted him enough to call out to him. And they just help, and the Lord helped them. And the Lord helped them in a battle, in a physical battle. But in our lives, the application is not far off. Spiritual battle. You know, I mean, you've got financial battles. You've got you've got uh, the physical, the financial, the spiritual. You've got the emotional, psychological. You got relationship battles. You got occupational values. You got ministerial values. You got educational values. You got all that. We battle on a regular basis. Cry out to God for help. It's not a lack of faith. It shows where you know that your help comes from. Your help comes from the Lord. 
I just like how they cried out. You know, I like the phrase cried out because it gives me more room to go, eh, you know, to the Lord, which sometimes I feel like I need to do because it's helpful for me uh, to, to express that, to scream out unto the Lord, but not in a, a negative way or disrespectful way or anything. It's just I need help. And there's sometimes where I'm in a situation I don't know what to do. Now, again, I'm sure that I'm the only Christian in all of Christianity who uh, doesn't know always what to do. But uh, at those times, I, I just believe that that simple truth, you know, ask Jesus, couldn't hurt. It's like, oh, that's good. That's what I need. That's what you need to do. That's what we need to do. And you know what's amazing? Because he knows he's right there, and he's right there to help. I mean, that's what's cool about the Lord is he's so faithful, isn't he? So their win comes from the Lord. They received help against these enemies. They didn't produce the help themselves, by the way. They received help against these enemies, and the Hagrites and all of their allies were handed over to them because they cried out to God in battle, and he granted their request because they trusted in him. And that's for relationships and everything else. They cried out to God, they trusted in him, and God said, Yes. For all those who are trying to count and figure it out, it only takes one yes from God, and that's it. Got it? All right. All right, folks, you have been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. We're going to be taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break, and then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.